You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened to the first three episodes. Um, it's been great so far getting everyone's feedback. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Queen of Calm podcast and uh, subscribe to the Queen of Calm podcast on your favorite podcast providers and leave us a review. We just recently got on iHeartRadio, but we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breaker, you name it. Um, so be sure to pick your favorite and add us there. So before we get started with the interview and everything, let's talk about the calm one of the week for this week. So this is something that I came across on LinkedIn, and uh, it's about pasta. So those of you who know me, I could eat pasta for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and one of my favorite brands is Barilla. So when I saw this, I was clicking on it right away to read about it. So Spotify recently partnered with Barilla to create playlists that come out to the same exact time that you need to cook each type of their pasta. So some of the podcasts, some of the playlist names are Moody Day Linguini, uh, Best Song Penne, Mixtape Spaghetti. Um, so I think this is a really great partnership because it's something that you wouldn't immediately think of. You know, it took a lot of, you know, time and planning into it. And also, you know, it's really fun. And especially when people are home, people are looking to change up their routine. So hats off to Barilla and Spotify for a successful campaign. And um, I'm excited to see what comes out of it because I've just seen a few articles, but I'm sure it's going to get a lot more press and attention and maybe expand more in the future. So uh, today's episode is going to be about networking. So my guest is going to talk about how she went from an internship position to eventually, you know, staying in touch with people from the company and gaining a full-time employee position. Um, she's also going to talk about, you know, using LinkedIn to stay in touch with people, especially in this digital world. It's so important to utilize these virtual tools that we have, such as Zoom and LinkedIn, to just stay connected because in our industry, it's so important to network and get to know people. But, you know, without the chances of saying, hey, you want to meet up for a coffee or can I pick your brain, you know, at an event or giving out business cards, it's really important to use those virtual tools. So we're going to talk about that as well as her career at Yahoo Finance and just what's going on. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. I think everyone's going to really enjoy it, and here it is. Hey guys, I'm now joined by my next guest. She is the founder of PSI Love You Day and a graduate of Marist College. During her time at Marist, she was able to intern at NBC, ABC, Yahoo Finance, and more. After graduation, she scored a job at Yahoo Finance, where she currently works as a reporter and associate producer. She is here today to talk about her journey and her tips for networking in the industry. Please welcome Brooke De Palma. Welcome, Brooke, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. Like, you know, like we mentioned before this call, I just love connecting with people at Marist. Of course, younger generations. I just graduated about two and a half years ago, so I'm not that much older. So <laughs> I'm just happy to, to, to connect with a fellow Marist Red Fox. Yeah, and I feel like no matter, you know, how many years have gone by, a lot of people are always reaching out to other Red Foxes and lending a hand. So I'm so great that you, grateful that you reached out to me to be on here. Yeah, reached out on LinkedIn, which is a uh, pretty old of me, but I should have messaged you on TikTok, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and speaking of TikTok, that is just such a big thing right now. And within your industry, I'm sure you usually utilize that a lot. So what are your opinions on TikTok? 
Well, you know, what I think is so fascinating is like sort of the rise of it. I, you know, I sometimes question, it's like you hear from all these people, oh, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Well, if the pandemic did not happen, would this still be the conversation? I'm sure you agree. Oh, you know, you're like scrolling through it endlessly because especially now when we're back sort of in that, you know, lockdown, stay at home, encouraged to stay home at least face. I find myself scrolling out, you know, it's like, it's like the new Instagram. It's like the new Facebook. I'm scrolling through it at night. And in terms of news, you know, one of my colleagues, Julia, who I interned with back in 2017 at Yahoo Finance, she started a TikTok at, for Yahoo News back in March. She was like, we should start this. Well, now she has nearly 700,000 followers on there, encouraging, you know, you to check wow. it out. But she's just putting so much content on there, especially last night as, as the, the ballots were being counted, really telling people what these representatives are saying in the moment, 30 seconds after. And I am guilty of using TikTok. I was watching the live <laughs> feed of the count last night on Yahoo News, TikTok. And so I think it's really interesting because I'm sort of understanding it, you're using it. And the next generation, you know, especially much younger than us, they're really getting their content from there, everything from there, influencers, news. It's just so, so for you, what are you getting from there? Like, I feel like, you know, whenever something happens, that's the first place I check because you'll get people's real reactions to things. And also some of these, you know, younger teens and everything, they're using TikTok to this new advantage that I've never seen before. Like these types of videos, we couldn't imagine, you know, editing those like even like three years ago. And another thing about TikTok that really, you know, is, you know, amazing to me is that it was, you know, that app musically before and people mm-hmm. like made fun of it and they didn't use it. And it was basically the same thing. But once they changed to TikTok, it was like this whole new phenomenon, which is something so fascinating to me. And do you find like, you know, it's sort of funny because like the rhetoric has changed over time with you know, like China, China and they're, you know, they're getting our data and they're sort of on top of our TikTok accounts you know, it was at, it was a hype in the end of the summer, September, it sort of dwindled down now. Do you, do you, are you concerned? Is your generation concerned about that? I feel like a lot of us are not concerned. Um, definitely, you know, you see the things like when you mentioned like, oh, like, you know, I'd really like a Tiffany bracelet and it comes up on yeah. your phone, you see the yeah. effects of it, but you know, um, I guess that's just how we have to live nowadays, <laughs> but I scary, I, right? Yeah. I'm afraid, but also like I enjoy TikTok so much. I don't think I could, you know, stop it, but. (laughs) I'm guilty as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what other social media are you using? I really think Instagram is here to stay. Like it's always changing, especially with the new reels feature and all that. And I just think that that's just something that'll never go and it will evolve with us. But I feel like as much as Twitter is great for like, you know, com professionals with, you know, breaking news and PR, I feel like for the normal person, it's kind of dwindling as well. What do you think? Mm, that's a, that's a good point. I, I, you know, I, I'm so guilty of using Twitter for so many, like you said, like breaking news exactly on point. Um, but as far as my friends go, it's just like the spot to like put like a funny tagline, something at the end of the day that they thought that was funny. So I think it is really funny the way that people use it so differently and so vastly but you're right. It's like not the way of connecting with the everyday person. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving on. Um, so at first I want to ask you about your internship positions during college. So what were those like and how did you get those positions? So I, I love sharing this story because I think that it speaks volumes to networking, just like we're doing now. But I actually got, you know, most of those positions through Marist Connections. Um, and so 
like my my dad was you know in the NYPD and then he went on to be a security expert and then my mom a, a teacher assistant in my local school district and so really no ties to media at all and then, you know I always wanted to be a journalist I always had that energy in me to to be so curious I was always asking questions in the movie theater and so you know I think that a big connection is those Maris connections and a big connection as well is believing in yourself to, and having the confidence to reach out when, when you want to ask for help. Um, so just to like go back, News 12 Long Island, you know, due to PS I Love You Day, they had done some coverage on me back in high school. And I reached out um, in high school at the time and said I wanted to check out an early morning. And so my mom dropped me off on like one of my days off, like 3.30 in the morning. And I followed around, followed around Kelly Drossel, who was the, the morning executive producer at the time. And I'll never forget that. And then, you know, that sort of followed me again, because then when I was looking up and I went to Jerry McNulty, if you go to Maris, you know who that is. And I said, <laughs> I want to intern at GMA and I want to intern at you know, the White House and I want to intern for News 12. And he was like, all right, start with News 12. And it was great. And it was because I made that connection back and I, you know, reached out to them, see if they were hiring, went through the process. Luckily, you know, got my first internship opportunity, but talk about hands-on. That really was so hands-on. Um, fast forward, I went abroad that year. I was really fortunate enough to go abroad. I know, you know, unfortunately that currently is not the opportunity that everyone has. And so, while I was abroad, I sort of tried to live in the moment. And I think that's something that is really hard when you're like dying to get something. You're dying when you want to be somewhere else when you're not, you're, you're there, you know? And so I tried to, like, I, I remember being in Florence, Italy and literally messaging people in December thinking that I needed to get an internship the spring of junior year. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I should have gone for a glass of wine. Like, what was I doing? <laughs> But, you know, it, it always it always follows up with you in the end. And that's when I started reaching out to, to Melody, Melody War, who is a Maris alumni who works with Seth Meyers. And I started, you know, engaging with her about her experience. At the time, she had worked for Meredith Vieira, I believe, either before I went to Mar uh, Florence or after, but just really sort of uh, reached out to her to understand what she did and her role. And then it's like you form a relationship with these people because you're not just looking for a job. You genuinely want to know more. Um, and so from there, it ended up turning out my last semester at Maris, I interned at Seth Meyers because Melanie was so great and she always encouraged me to, to keep applying, keep applying, keep applying. Um, then, you know, I was looking for that junior year coveted summer internship and I didn't get an off a summer offer for ABC7. Instead, I got a fall offer, which was incredible and I was so happy about but I still wanted that coveted, you know, summer <laughs> internship. And so I actually went to the Maris career offices and I spoke to Mary, who once again, if you're Red Fox, you know, Mary. And, um, and, you know, she told me to just really, you know, reach out to people, ask more information, ask more questions, get to know people, get to know their roles. And then, you know, by putting it out, I truly do believe in manifestation, by telling my friends that I was looking for a job, by telling their parents, you know, using those connections, I ended up getting an incredible opportunity at Yahoo Finance, which is, you know, where I'm back at today through my friend's cousin, who was a producer there at the time. Um, so I ended up being so grateful enough. I ended up having four internships during my time at Maris while working at the Maris Poll. And, and you know, the ABC7 opportunity came from Dr. Lee Maringoff, who connected me with NJ Burkett, a reporter at ABC7. And it's funny because, you know, you never know where these connections might take you. I'm sorry if I'm rattling off. But no, no, it's okay. 
I actually stopped NJ while I was at my time at ABC7 and I said, hi, you know, you may not know me, but you're the reason I'm here. And and he had just, you know, passed along my resume. And so you never know. It's, and that's what I, you know, I continue to tell myself as a booker at Yahoo Finance, you know, you're, you're doing so much all the time. You're going, you're running. It's really important to take a step back, reflect and be like, well, what can I do better? What can I do differently? And and who do I know that might be able, I can help them and they can help me, especially within PR and journalism. That is a hand-in-hand relationship. Yeah, totally. And I was just talking about this the other day with another one of my guests, because so many people have so many great things going on right now. And, you know, this pandemic has forced people to really, you know, pursue their interests in these passion projects and do new things at work. So you never know what people are working on. So um, kind of moving on with the networking sort of um, subject. So one of our questions that was sent in by a listener was, how do you approach someone with a cold email to start networking with them? Oh, that's good. Um, so this is something that Mary actually told me, but I think first of all, the hardest part is finding someone's email. I, you know, it's, it's so hard. <laughs> so first I recommend like using your LinkedIn in order to reach out and searching connections within your own school using your, you know, your Marist database or whatever college alumni database that you have. And if you can find the email, great. If not, you know, message them on LinkedIn. To be honest, don't go crazy and like keep following up, keep following up. They're not answering you because then maybe they're not answering you for a reason. Maybe they're just genuinely have a lot in their plate and they want to answer you, but just don't have enough time right now. So I think that the best way to cold, cold email is first of all, you know, make something in the subject that really speaks to them. For me, if someone writes Maris, fellow Maris alumni, PR people do that all the time to me. And I love it. I love it. And I'll admit sometimes I can't, you know, fulfill what I want to for them, but still it's able to have that mutual connection that makes me open up that email when I have tons of emails. Um, So fellow Maris connection or fellow alumni connection, colon, would love to chat or, you know, a a few minutes, would love a few minutes of your time or a quick question, something that catches your eye immediately. Then once you have their attention, they open up the email. Something that I always love is like, hey, like quick, like, hey, hope all is well. Or like, you know, like, you know, so much uncertainty in the world right now. I just hope you're safe. But I, I wanted to take the opportunity to introduce myself. My name is such and such. And, you know, I saw that you want to make sure that you want to sort of pat them on the back because obviously you're reaching out to them for a certain reason. They obviously accomplished so much in their life or, you know, maybe a little bit, but you're interested in what they're doing. So, hey, I saw that, you know, you're an associate producer at Yahoo Finance and and now you're doing a bit of reporting. I really enjoyed that story that you just wrote or I really enjoyed that project they were working on. Hey, I heard heard you're in charge of a new unit. Um, I would love a few minutes of your time if, if you have a time and obviously not repeating like that, but I would love a few minutes of your time to hear more about it or what led you up to this opportunity. I think that, you know, people love to talk about themselves. And I think that people, when they're passionate about what they're doing, you know, like what we're doing right now, I love to share (laughs) about it. So I think something like that, where you're not cold emailing them. I've gotten so many cold emails. Hey, you know, I'm looking for a job. Take a step back. I just want to get to know you because that's where, you're going to get the furthest relationships with. And, and I truly do. I'm so grateful for this relationship we're making right now. And, you know, the ones that I, I have from years past. Oh, so what are some things that you wouldn't want to see in an email that's asking you to network? 
Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> I think that when people just straight up ask for a job, it's really difficult to to answer back, especially when you feel bad because your, your company is not hiring. You know, if my company was looking for an intern, I'd be more than happy to recommend. Of course, given the pandemic, it has been very difficult. Um, but I always love the story of Alvin Patrick, who's someone, you know, I have to get back in touch with. He works at CBS, but he, you know, told us a story about how he always just connected, connected, relationship, 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 and it ended up helping him in the end. And so something, you know, don't ask for a job flat out. Of course, if you're curious, ask, but ask once, you know, you, you, you have a rapport with someone. Um, another thing too is, is I almost feel like, you know, asking too many questions in the initial email is, is sort of frightening. I feel like just hop on the phone, hop on a Zoom call, especially now it's so common. It's not like you're traveling an hour and 46 minutes from the Maris campus. I know the exact time on the Metro North <laughs> to go meet up with them in the city. You know, you're going to hop on the phone with them. So genuinely ask questions on the call when, when you have the time to do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, staying true to, you know, what you're really passionate about too in a conversation is something that's really important because I feel like a lot of people feel that need to, especially, you know, missing that face-to-face -face element of, oh my God, I have to get a job. I have to make this connection. I have to get this internship. And there's this big anxiety on everyone. Um, so what would you say to someone who wants to sort of differentiate themselves, who wants to start, you know, applying for jobs or internships? What do you think is something that they can do to really push themselves ahead of other applicants? Well, I think what you're doing right now is awesome. You know, not to like pat you too much in the back, especially to the viewers that are, or the listeners rather. But I think like doing something with your time in a useful manner that you're passionate about when we are at such high moments of anxiety and our mental health is quite honestly crippling. It's having those, you know, moments where we're having this genuine chat that you really kind of step back and you're like, okay, like I'm doing something that has to do with my major and and you know whether it gets me somewhere, I don't know yet, but it just might. And so it's like making these phone calls and you know having these informational. Mary taught me that word. Having these informationals and doing um, you know these this podcast is doing something. Um, in addition to that, I I truly do think that keeping like a log, you know, keeping people that you reach out to, writing down short little notes about conversations that you have is always great. Um, but I truly do think that adding to your resume, keeping a blog online as well, you know, weighing in on current topics or, or exercising your knowledge to, to, to do an iteration of a news, news bite, like a quick 30 second VO of something that you hear on TV. Of course, I'm speaking, you know, TV specific, given that I'm, I'm in that side of the world. Um, it's just something that, you know, you hear it on the news or you read an article and you have to write it in 30 seconds. And I almost wish that I did practice that more so that when I came initially to Yahoo Finance, I was able to just do it without even thinking. So it's like, use this time. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, but there are different ways and different exercises. There's so many websites out there where you can quickly do this and like test yourself. Yeah. And I think finding those resources that you have available to you is so important because, you know, not everyone's going to be able to, you know, get the internship at the big companies or all of this. So like yeah. just for an example, for a quick story, uh, when I was a sophomore, yeah. I wanted to do a work study on campus, but I really wanted to be something that connected with my major and start getting that experience. So I reached out to the woman who works in the president's office at Marist who deals with communications. And she said, you know, right now we don't have any positions in our office, but you know, maybe in the future. And then within like two days, she had spoken to the media relations director and I've been working there since. So 
you know, you never know what's going on, you know, around you on campus and just finding those little avenues to get that experience, I think is another great thing to start, you know, doing with these limited resources we have around. That's wonderful. And just like getting that exposure is priceless and hard to get. And so you going, make, you're literally creating your own opportunity. And I think that's something that I have to remind myself of often is like, you want it bad enough, you're going to get it. You want it bad enough, you're going to get it. Um, and so that's amazing. And I'm sure, you know, nothing short of news this year to write press releases on. So I'm sure you've had a lot of experience <laughs> that you're grateful for moving forward. Yes. And even clubs and different organizations. Uh, right now, I'm the firm director of North Road Communications on campus. And for our- Oh, you go, girl. You're killing it. <laughs> for the listeners who don't know, that's our student-run IMC firm. And, you know, one thing that we always reiterate to members is, you know, this is this experience is what you make it. You know, some people could just say like, oh, you know, this client wants, you know, a press release and a video edited and then be done for the semester. But if you really make these things for your portfolio and your resume, that's really going to help you in the long run and have and give you something to talk about on an interview. Absolutely. And, and small businesses, even though we're all at home or we're here, we're there. It is so important right now for these businesses that we're lending help to them, lending an opportunity to create something. You know, I, I saw on the news here on Long Island that a company like this is one guy is basically accepting donations on behalf of like, you know, families, community members to create content for local, you know, uh, restaurants and then these restaurants are able to put on their social media hey look at our food and it looks delicious it's like this steaming hot you know yummy meal that a person who's solely focused on literally making their business still stand this is you know incomparable opportunity for them and, and you're doing that not because you have to but because you want to because you're genuinely looking to help while also building that portfolio it's like a hand in hand yeah, and it's so important, especially with, you know, these nonprofits and small businesses right now. And, you know, yeah. they don't realize that this is a free tool that can really push them to the next level. And just teaching them, them like these little things that they can do to really elevate it, really help them. And, you know, as much as it's yeah. great to get the experience, it's just so rewarding that, to know that like your work has real impact on people. Yeah, I think the community learning, uh, you know, that I did during my PR capping, I guess you could call it during my last semester was it was awesome. It was so great to work with a local organization. And, and you know, they did use, unfortunately, not my plan, but my competitor <laughs> in my class's plan. And so it, it's really, you know, it's amazing. And, and and learning, that's the place to make the mistakes. So you're not necessarily making mistakes, but I'm just saying like, you know, you, you're not going to know what to do if you don't make the mistakes now. And people make mistakes all the time. So no worries there. So speaking of mistakes and being new, something I've been doing on the podcast so far, my guest is talking about sort of first day stories. So what was your first day like as like a real employee of Yahoo Finance? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I'm trying <laughs> to like think back. I honestly, I mean, okay, so first day, it's a bit different because I was returning to Yahoo Finance because I had interned there. So I like knew the I thought it was cool, you know, I knew some people in the newsroom, but, um, but Yahoo Finance actually, when we were in the office, pretty cool place to like enjoy. There was like a coffee bar, free lunch every day, just really sort of an atmosphere to say the least. Um, and so I really think the first day, you know, of course I was so nervous and I commuted from Long Island. And so, you know, you're nervous here to be late. You're not going to make the train. So I, I started at Yahoo Finance eight days after I graduated and I 
ended Seth Meyers like three days after I graduated. So, so I was like literally going to Seth Meyers on Thursday. And then I was a full-time employee at Yahoo Finance contractor when I first joined on Monday. So I think that I was just so overwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of like a funny story. I think they had me write VOs and, you know, of course I think I did it, but I don't think they took them because they were like, this girl just graduated yesterday. <laughs> so I think that I was a little bit offended by that. But at the same time, I think there's a huge learning curve to any first day and especially any first job that, you know, you have to take with stride. And I like to remind myself that you have to be one of my fellow colleagues at Yahoo Finance is always be hungry and humble. And I always live by that. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, you know, everyone is so nervous when they first start places and, you know, eventually it becomes like old hat to you, you know? Um, so what is your job like now at Yahoo Finance? What is sort of your day-to-day -day duties? It's mm, a good question. So it's definitely evolved a lot. And I think that, you know, comes with me working hard in the PA essential world. I, I was fortunate enough to join the team as an associate producer, but, you know, my roles and duties have evolved and changed over the years as I continue to grow into this role. Um, but, uh, you know, essentially when I first joined, I was fully printing scripts, running them down the hallway to get them to the show on time and then hiding behind a screen in the tiny control room and, and you know, turning, turning the prompter. Now, obviously much different. I'm in my childhood bedroom in Long Island <laughs> and, um, and I have evolved, you know, to, to produce more on shows. So, uh, you know, booking C-suite execs, analysts, entrepreneurs, politicians, you know, DC experts, especially, you know, with the breach that recently happened on Capitol Hill. Um, all those essentials are basically my job. So really sort of understanding the news, processing it, and seeing who I can book to bring on. So recently, you know, during the news, um, the news cycle, obviously the inauguration, beginning of the year, I'm reaching out to guests like Planet Fitness CEO, Mirror, if you haven't heard of, now bought uh, by Lululemon, uh, you know, an at-home fitness equipment. So I booked the CEO. Uh, the inauguration, obviously reaching out to presidential transition experts, uh, you know, former advisors, stuff like that that really helped make my show better, helped make my programming at Yahoo Finance better. So I'm working across all eight hours to bring us the best guests. And then of course, asking for more opportunity. Now we're doing a little bit of on air as well. So, you know, I tried to do about two, three to four stories, three to four or five stories a week, obviously depending upon the news cycle, specifically on the food beat. So if you have any good stories, send them my way. But I'm uh, really, you know, talking about new snacks and healthy alternatives and innovation. And of course, you know, keep in mind, once again, started running scripts, doing teleprompter, and now have evolved, you know, for these opportunities. And it's been a long time coming and, you know, it continues. I'm always learning to be better, you know, do better, be better, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, so it's definitely, you know, been a whirlwind of a day to day, but, um, but I think it's always fun and it's really a rewarding job. And I feel like with your position, you must have to have your finger on the pulse at all times. So, what is what are your tips to help you know people stay on top of every trend that's coming out, all the news? What do you what mediums do you use for that? That's such a good question. So we're relating back to our first you know our first uh, top of the conversation. Honestly, TikTok, it's 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 a pretty good pulse on the the, the younger generation. Um, obviously, though, like being that I'm in financial news for Yahoo Finance, that is not 
nearly where I get my news. I think that's really, really important. I cannot stress enough. You have to follow Associated Press. You have to follow fellow organizations to see what they're working on. You know, I'm, I'm tuning into other networks to see who they have on, what they're talking about, you know, what is my competitors talking about at all times. I mean, in addition to that, of course, Yahoo Finance, I'm following the trending tickers on our site to see, you know, what people are, you know, investing more in, pulling out of, selling, you know, buying, stuff like that. So I really do think that, you know, as a student, and I, I can't stress this enough, I wish I started this earlier, make a Twitter and follow reporters that you trust, follow uh, sources that you trust, like Associated Press, and start following the news. You know, when you go into these interviews, it's so crucial that you have an understanding of what's going on in the world right now, that you should start now. Um, I also think too, you know, reading the New York Times, understanding the impact of COVID-19 on the restaurant industry, on educators, on, uh, you know, minorities is so important. And it's important to understand when, you know, you're reaching out to all these different people, you want to have a grasp of what they're going through, especially if they're a nonprofit looking to help out um, or these experts, you want to understand where they're coming from. And so research is really important as well as keeping up with these trends on Twitter or reading the New York Times or following your favorite reporters or tuning in. Yeah. And I think that a lot of students kind of have that narrow focus. Well, oh, like I want to be in PR, I should follow like, you know, this one person that I trust, or I want to be in news. And I really like this organization, but I like how you mentioned to be, you know, really well-rounded and, you know, well-versed in everything that's going on and really get that experience. Because I feel like, you know, these differing perspectives is what, you know, everyone's going to have to work with when they're in the real world. Yeah. And I, and, and I interviewed at CBS back when I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. And I was, it was my junior year of the coveted internship. And the PR, well, the PR, sorry, the interviewer asked me, you know, do you want to know a lot about a little? So like one thing, or do you want to know a little about a lot? And I was, it was a video interview before video interviews were a thing, I guess. And I was like, I, you know, I answered with confidence, but in my head, I was like, what? And I said to her, I said, I'd like to know a little about a lot because I feel like when you're in this industry, given breaking news and so much happening, you really have to, you know, be able to hop on any type of story. Um, and so I always think about that question. So that's something I, I would I would question your listeners as well. You know, do you want to know a little about a lot or a lot about a little? So think about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such an interesting question to think about. And I'm glad that you mentioned interview questions, because that's the next thing I wanted to ask you about. What do you think is the most like productive question to ask at the end of an interview? It's a good question. I always like the where do you see yourself in five years because I'm a very goal-oriented person. And so I think it's important for someone to, especially coming out of college, like you want to have some sort of drive to really identify what you want out of a company. Um, I also think one question that I, I really do enjoy, like when I always like, so I guess some people ask me, I enjoy when they ask like, where do you want to be in five years or how would you handle this task? And I, I think it's sort of a creative way to like lend your skills to show that you're a leader, but you're also a listener. Um, but in addition to that, I always like to put the question back on like, well, what do you like? And, you know, specifically for an entry level position, what's something that you admire in an entry level position or an entry level job? What's something that one of, you know, your current employees are doing right now that you really admire? Are they going above and beyond or are they, you know, 
it's focused on one thing, what are you interested in? What are you looking for in an entry-level employee? And so it like kind of tosses the question back on them. And then from there, you're able to create a conversation and be like, oh my God, well, that's a, a great point. And, you know, just speaking off of that, you know, I actually did that at my last internship or in class. And, you know, I really like that. And that's something that, you know, thanks for sharing that. And so I think it sort of leaves like a little spark in their minds. Like, oh, that was interesting that they asked me that question. At least I like to think. Yeah, I totally agree with that of leaving them thinking. Um, I recently went through an interview process that didn't pan out, but I thought it was like the best interview I've ever done. And one of the questions I asked was, you know, what goals do you have for an intern in your company? What would you like to see them accomplish? Mm. And the panel that I was interviewing with was saying like, you know, that made me really think. So I think that, you know, they like to, you know, think about that about themselves as well. Like, what should I come to, what should I bring to the table as a, uh, uh, you know, a supervisor as well? That's awesome. No, I love that question. Like, what goals should I accomplish? Like, what are you looking to get out of me as well? Uh, you know, I think it's so hard because you're like trying to get a pulse on the situation and you're, they're trying to get a pulse on you. So I'm like, all right, step back a bit, you know, at least I like to hope. <laughs> um, and so kind of circling back to the networking sort of topic, how did you get to come back to Yahoo Finance as a, like a full-time employee? That's awesome. So it's once again, keeping in touch. Um, I reached out to my former boss and I said, hey, you know, I'll actually be in the office to meet up with one of my good colleagues, Julia. Um, I would love, you know, to chat if you, if you have a few minutes. And he said, yeah, let me know when you're here. And I said, great, you know, come here. And so uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I wasn't actually there in that exact moment, but you know, I scheduled, I told him when I was heading into the city and then I was meeting up with Julia at said time. And then, you know, when I was done speaking to Julia, I just, you know, politely, Julia walking over to Ke Kevin, his name is. And, um, and he was like, hey, you know, welcome back. And, he, and we spoke in the office about, you know, my current internship, what I was working on at school, you know, what my admirations were after college and, you know, knock on wood, I was very fortunate that it panned out and it's someone I keep in close touch with. So I think it's always important, you know, just to follow up. And, and I, you know, I, I thank him tremendously for giving me that opportunity. And I think a lot of people are so timid, you know, to make that connection with their supervisor at an internship or someone they know. What would, what is your best tip for someone who's afraid to make that connection or, you know, keep up that relationship? I think that's a that's a wonderful question as well, just because I feel like there's times when you're in a you're in an internship, and for me, I was very lucky where all of my internships were were very different. So when I was at Yahoo Finance, I was hired as a a writing intern, I guess you could say, like an editorial intern. But then I said, you know, I wanted to do more media on TV, so I went to Kevin and I said, hey you know, I'd love to take the camera and I'd love to go interview people at Times Square. And so I was like 19 <laughs> years old or no, no, I was 21. I was 21 at the time. And I was, I was interviewing people in Times Square and, I, you know, being that going above and beyond and including my fellow intern with me, we're still best friends because I threw into the crazy situations asking people how to pronounce Tesla in Times Square. And so, you know, I think I created that relationship by my work ethic, by showing how passionate I was about the job and by getting the job done in different and unique ways. And always, always, always have a end of internship conversation. So always ask your supervisor, hey, you know, Friday's my last day, obviously. I would love to chat with you just sort of to recap, you know, 
what I did. It would only take about, you know, not only take about 15 minutes, you know, of course they should want to meet with you. But I always think, you know, those sort of opportunities are, you know, amazing. Um, whereas at ABC7, I was working in the investigative unit. It was just four of us at the time. And I still keep in touch. One of the reporters moved back to California. You know, I still keep in touch with her. And then I, you know, just drop my my manager there a note every once in a while. Happy New Year, you know, because she's having a, 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 her first grandchild, you know. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And I, and I genuinely am because I just, you know, I saw them early in the morning. Hey, you want coffee? You, you know, how's it going? It's stuff like that, that is just like wonderful. And then of course, you know, at Seth Meyers, it was, I keep in touch with Melanie because she was the one that that gave me the opportunity and I dropped her note the other day um but it, it, it was harder I'll admit because there was a you know about 20 interns and we were stuffed into a corner definitely not COVID friendly this is pre-COVID <laughs> but we were like stuffed into a corner and so it was harder to keep those relationships but I I take a lot of the work ethic that I learned there we were really PAs we were running errands we were you know picking up food things like that that I take that that grit that I learned in that internship with me you know still to this day that must have been such a cool experience to interview people in Times Square and it must have also been crazy too <laughs> it was bizarre uh, you know my first question was hi I work with Yahoo Finance and if they did not know what I was saying I was like nice meeting you thank you because <laughs> they were likely tourists but it was it was awesome hopefully we'll be, be able to get back there soon after all this is done I'm praying I'm praying <laughs> um, so kind of moving on. So, you know, besides work and everything, there always has to be something that you're passionate about on the side and something that you work on in your off hours. So something that you created um, was PSI Love You Day. So can you please talk about that and, you know, what you have planned for this year with everything going on? Yeah. So PSI Love You Day is February 12th, 2021. This is going to be the 11th PSI Love You Day. So it, it's amazing that it's been going on for that long. But it's also a, like a, a sad reminder that I lost my dad to suicide 11 years ago um, in April. I'm like getting choked up thinking about it. But, um, but I, you know, I started PSW Day because I was so upset about what happened to my family and I really wanted to make a change. And so I think that's really most passions start. I mean, I'm in journalism because Antoinette Fiorti from, from New South Long Island came to interview me when I was in 10th grade. You know, it's like those things you don't forget. Um, so yeah, so that's what I work on in my spare time. So currently we're gearing up for, you know, uh, February 12th. And in addition to that, we're selling merchandise online. We're emailing schools, different packets about activities they could join in. We're working on planning a virtual event for day of, I'm looking for like, you know, social media influencers in the mental health space that may be able to weigh in on day of. Um, really trying to create a virtual event for the day. And in addition to that, I always encourage people to wear purple and get the conversation going because as we're you know throughout the chat we're talking about reaching out reaching for the stars let's be honest it's been a really tough year um so mental health is so important to me and that's yeah that is my passion project thanks for asking about it that's such a great you know uh project in memory of your father and i know on campus i know exactly you know every february when everyone has their purple on and there's always something going on in the student center so I'm glad to know that, you know, something's still, you know, happening with the social aspect, because I know it's such, you know, a loving, you know, event that you have where a lot of people get together and they say such great things. So I'm glad to know that there's still something going on this year with everything, you know? Yeah. And the fact that you know about it, like, that's pretty amazing. So thank you. 
So that is just, you know, a great reminder that, you know, as much as, you know, we work so hard to get these jobs and these internships, you know, we, you can always have something on the side that you really care about and are passionate about. Um, so my final question for you, and it's something that I've asked all my guests, who is your favorite girl boss, someone who inspires you? It doesn't necessarily have to be in calm, just someone who inspires you in your life. Okay, so this is like so nerdy of me because obviously Mara's connection, but Kelsey Donahue is a Mara's alumni and she is amazing. She's currently working at Harvard and she just is gangbusters. She, you know, is such a, an inspiration for me and someone that I really, really admire her advice. And so whenever she's a quick two minutes to chat, I will always take her up on it. I think it's really important to listen to people who give you advice. And, um, and so, you know, she's definitely one of them. She's a boss to no end and she is just <laughs> incredible. Um, I also really admire all the female reporters that I work with here at Yahoo, in addition to Danielle Lee um, that I was working with ABC7. Um, in addition to that, you know, sort of another person in this entrepreneur Yahoo Finance space is Sarah Blakely. And I, I want to make sure I, you know, I, I know that's her name, but she is the CEO of Spanx. And if you want to talk about someone who just is killing it at life, she is one of them. You know, she's just super, super, super uh, candid with just everything she's going through. And she posted something that really just hit home with me. Um, a few months ago, she reached her anniversary for creating Spanx and she went back to the apartment that she started Spanx at. And she was like, oh my God, this is where my first poster was. And this is where my first product was. And yet Spanx is like an empire. And yet she's gonna go back to her first apartment. And so that just goes to show that passion projects that turn into real things are so real. And she's a reminder of that. And she posts, I encourage you to follow her on all social media, even LinkedIn, as lame as it sounds, all around LinkedIn, because she just posts the most inspiring things. And I, I genuinely watch all her content and I watch her poke fun at her husband for making this <laughs> calendar that he pulls out. I don't know if you probably have not seen it, but I was like, you know what, to have a support system like that and to build a family like she has, keep on, she has no idea who I am and I've never met her. So Sarah, if you're listening right now, I promise <laughs> I'm not crazy, but I really just do admire your work because I know you're listening. So, you know, I, I, you know, manifestation, she's going to listen to this, but I really just really admire her and I admire her work ethic and I admire the way that she treats her employees. She seems like an incredible person to work for too. And so, you know, talk about supervisor, et cetera. She just seems like a cool girl that I would love to get coffee with. So once again, Sarah, call me. That, that's why I love this question, because one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is because I think that girl power is something that really needs to be harnessed and used. And, you know, there's a lot of people who look up to other women and, you know, making that connection is so important. And, you know, being an example for other women who are in the industry is so important as well. So that's why I really love talking about these different girl bosses. And I've also gotten some new people to follow on social media now. Oh my God, you have to, I'm like such a fan girl right now, but you have to follow Sarah. <laughs> and of course, you know, follow Kelsey because she's great as well. But if, you know, of course, my idol growing up, Oprah Winfrey, gotta follow her, <laughs> give her a quick follow. Um, but really there's so many people on social media, especially over the course of the past year that I've uncovered that I, you know, probably might not have come across in the past. And so really just follow everyone with a diverse voice. That's so important as women, it is so important to follow everyone you can, you know, even just, just anyone you can. It's like, I feel like we're all at home. So we need to learn from as many people as we can. And what better way than to, you know, gain a fangirl, like gain 
someone that you can follow. You feel like you, you've been on their journey and just understand what they've been through in order to get where they are. And it'll add a certain grit to where you are today. I truly do believe that. Um, but yeah, who have you followed? Uh, so my girl bosses, I have a lot of them. Some of them are slipping my mind at the moment, but one of my favorites is Sophia Amoruso. She's the author of Girl Boss. I highly recommend the book as well as the companion, the Girl Boss workbook. And um, she also has a Netflix show about her journey to, you know, her career. And she is so candid about her successes and failures. Um, she had this, you know, business on eBay, you know, back in, I think it was like, you know, the early 2000s and that was the thing. And she sold vintage clothes and she built it to like a multi-million dollar business. And then oh, wow, it unfortunately went bankrupt, but she's been so, you know, candid about her failures. And she then started her own media company called Girl Boss Media. And she has a podcast and everything. And I just think she's, you know, a great inspiration. Um, and also just a classic Anna Wintour. I just think that's so, you know, amicable of her to be, you know, such a great you know, leader of a leading magazine and, you know, really, you know, put herself out there in the industry and is always like look up to for her opinions. Yeah, I would say that she truly has sort of paved the way for so many of us. You know, it's like having a female on a C-suite executive board is so hard to find. And then ha having a voice at the table is so crucial for us. But gaining that voice and having the confidence to do is definitely easier said than done. And something that I try to remind myself of, it's definitely hard. Yes. And I was just thinking about a guest speaker that we had at school. Um, her name is Brandy Boatner. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I've reached out to her, but um, she was, she just a big advocate for women. And one of the things she was talking about was, you know, having these classes where we should be teaching women, you know, how to ask for a raise, how to, you know, excel at their job, how to ask for this and kind of get that confidence. And I think that's a big factor that a lot of women, you know, need to foster in their career development is that confidence factor. And I think it's so important to, you know, realize that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to tune in to hear more about that because I, I feel like it's something that, you know, everyone struggles with, like you're saying, and, and something that, I'm looking for some tips on myself, you know, humble and hungry for sure. That is one of them. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. You're such an inspiration to other female journalists. And I'm so excited that we're going to continue this connection too in the future. And um, just thank you so much. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And, and I always mention, but anyone who's listening, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well. I really do think that it's so important to keep this connection. So I'm excited to keep in touch with you. And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, com girls.